Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. I'm Liz Loza joined by Matt Harmon this oh. week because Dalton Del Don hit a few too many of those fun-sized Snickers. It's the day after Halloween. That means it's November. Matt, can you believe it? It's going to be December before we know it. This season is flying by. It's week nine. The fantasy football season is more than halfway over at this point. But Liz, you've had yourself a day. Uh, how, how, have you, how have you how have you been? <laughs> I've been excellent. I did shoot an episode of Mostly Football this morning with Action Bronson, Whoa. also known as the White Bronco. Yes. I watch his uh, cooking videos on YouTube a lot. Oh, you do? Yeah. So they had an entirely tricked out plate of charcuterie for yeah. him and some wine. Yeah. <laughs> Guess which one I had some of. I'm going to go with the wine. I did. All right. Well, then this should be a fun podcast. Absolutely. Um, In case people don't know, by the way, this gentleman sitting across from me and going into your ear holes, Matt Harmon is also famous from the internet show Halftime with Harmon. I don't know if uh, I would call it internet famous, but we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Check it out on Sundays. Uh, streams on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, et cetera, et cetera. All the platforms. All the platforms. So, Matt, I don't know if you're familiar with the midweek show, but Dalton and I like to kick back, foam, and steam a little bit of milk and have ourselves some coffee talk. Coffee talk. I, I take mine black, but that's fine. Mm, we've discussed this. I, I, I'm not yeah. into the pumpkin spice oh, situation. No. But I do like an almond milk latte with a little bit of stevia. What? Don't at me. <laughs> That's it. another oh, segment. At me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well done, producer Brett. Okay, so we have to talk about the trade because the deadline occurred on Tuesday and people moved Demarius Thomas to Houston. I think Houston got the wrong 31-year-old receiver because Deshaun Jackson is still in Tampa Bay, though he has a potential upgrade at quarterback, which we'll discuss a little bit later. I do want to stick to stick with the Denver theme, though, and talk about the impact on the players at Mile High. Cortland Sutton probably yeah. being the most exciting. Yeah, I think people are excited about Cortland Sutton. Coming into the NFL, uh, I actually compared him, before he was even drafted by the Broncos, I compared him to one Demarius Thomas. I think they're very similar players. Thomas right now at this point in his career is more of a possession receiver, which is why I think 
as you say, it's a strange move for Houston to not get a vertical receiver because they just lost a vertical receiver, but they just need bodies. So it's a good move for Houston. I don't think Thomas is going to have a big impact in Houston all that much in terms of statistics, but it's good news for Deshaun Watson, uh, who has pretty drastic splits with and without Fuller. But sticking on the Denver side, yeah, I'm excited about Cortland Sutton. I think a lot of people probably ran out and picked him up on their waiver wire. He was already getting end zone targets. He was already getting deep targets and I think more of that will just continue now with Thomas gone. Clearly the future was with Cortland Sutton picked in the second round of the NFL draft and the future does appear to be now. As you mentioned, he is not receiving or at least up until this point hadn't received a glut of opportunities. I think he was only garnering my goodness around 15% of the target share but he was doing the most with his opportunities averaging 18.9 yards per reception which is I believe the seventh best among wide receivers stock way up on him as for Emmanuel Sanders I think that this just helps him a little tiny boost yeah I think it just solidifies him uh, as the number one he already was Case Keenum's guy the question is you know kind of who else emerges on the roster because they don't have any other established names you know guys like Tim Patrick Deshaun Hamilton that's your boy Deshaun Hamilton the thing about him is though he's he's hurt right now he uh, has an MCL injury took a hit on the on the lower leg on a really bogus punt return penalty play against the Cardinals. I love Deshaun Hamilton, though, but he is like a slot receiver, whereas obviously that's where Emmanuel Sanders is playing. I don't know. I'm not telling you to go out and pick up Deshaun Hamilton, but he is somebody that I would look out for. He's another one of these Penn State guys like I've constantly fallen in love with, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin. Hamilton is a really good route runner. He comes from the same Northern Virginia area where I'm from. Fredericksburg. Yeah, he's Fredericksburg. Yes. Thank you for remembering what we discussed before the show. I am an encyclopedia. Oh, yeah. My bad. Uh, He also has a a severely autistic brother uh, that he has a really great story with. Uh, So, yeah, he's cool. You just brought it down. No, he's a cool. I mean, I would just look it up uh, if you aren't familiar with the story. He's got a good backstory and he's somebody we shall be rooting for. And he's also really good, uh, was the best in success rate versus man coverage and reception perception this year how long do you expect him to be on the shelf like where in his recovery from the mcl issue like week 11 i think was when you're looking at he might be back okay so he might be a guy in a couple of weeks that down you, the line right. yeah because there's opportunity here i mean you know they don't have really an established tight end jeff hoyerman Freeman. caught a touchdown so yeah. and emmanuel sanders is 31 and he Correct. did hurt his ankle last year so there would be an opportunity if an injury were to occur a lot of people made the comparison that thomas to Cortland sutton Emmanuel Sanders Sanders to Deshaun Hamilton. So, yeah, something to watch out for. As far as the Houston side of the trade goes, we talked about Deshaun Watson and how it certainly improves his. Well, he's got, like you said, more bodies and Demarius Thomas may still be only be a a possession receiver at this point. But he doesn't always catch the ball. But the catch (laughs) radius should be, in theory, um, enough to improve Watson's accuracy. Watson got to, like, not hold on to the ball so long, though. Yeah, I mean. The problem with Demarius Thomas is that he's not an offensive tackle, uh, which is what Houston (laughs) really needs at this point. Uh, But again, you take out Will Fuller. That's a big deal for this Houston offense. I'm actually would be interested to see what they do with Thomas if they make him more of a big slot receiver, which I think would be nice for him at this point of his career. And then that that transition doesn't happen. No. In week nine midseason. It took a year for Larry Fitzgerald. to get there. I, I agree with you. I would love to see most of these veteran receivers who have lost their 
you know, ability to beat press off the a line step. and separate versus man coverage. I'd like to see most of them moved inside, but I am with you. He's already making a big transition to a team in the middle of the season, which is why I'm not all that jazzed about him the rest of the way in terms of fantasy. But I am, I mean, Kiki Cutie may or may not be healthy. I would say that this move is probably an indication that they're not all that confident about his hamstring injury. But well, so he I should... actually don't agree with that because okay. I think that maybe they are only relying on him for speed. Cutie, I'm he's really about. the only one in the team that can then can do that at this point. He's the only vertical threat. So I would think if he were more banged up, they may have made a different trade. But because point. they are confident that he can return from this hamstring issue, then I mean this is this is the point of analysis though. Yeah. Like we give you both sides of the coin and it's y'all can I hadn't thought of it that way. Figure it out yourself. Regardless, Cutie is banged up. He has been very good when on the field. So similarly to Fuller. Agree. Um, you know who might have figured out something at their wide receiver position? The, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> I guess gave you that transition right there on the Oh, on a it's like a platter. day after Thanksgiving treat. Thank <laughs> you. Golden Tate, obviously, in Philadelphia now. I think that this is great for Golden Tate because yep. Nelson Aguilar wasn't doing a whole lot of anything. He's still, despite being over 30, is one of the best after-the-catch receivers in the game. You know he's good. Wait, he's going to – I think he's on pace for 100 catches this year. Yep, he is. And, uh, 1,200 yards. Okay, 1,200 yeah. yards. So you know you're going to get at least 1,000 yards out of him. And I think, actually, it makes Elshon Jeffrey better. I always balk at that because, like, to me – more passing targets going to someone else. And if you think Tate's going to be in the offense, and I don't think it's necessarily like a huge downgrade for Jeffrey, but I don't know how it necessarily makes things better for him because just for in terms of pure fantasy, because yeah, numbers it, it affects um, Goddard the worst, the most negatively, uh, yeah, yeah. because then you don't need Dallas Goddard there. You don't need, you can actually have, I mean, the thing I've learned on mostly football the most, and admittedly Martellus Bennett is a tight end. So there's a lot of tight end knowledge is that two tight end sets only work when those tight ends can block. Yeah. And Goddard doesn't. But that O-line does have deficiency. Jason Peters is playing with like a torn bicep and Lane Johnson. Just got the hurt t- last week. Yeah. He was already working off of a, a, a hurt ankle. So I think this might be an opportunity now for fewer targets for Goddard. Those may end up going Jeffrey's way and they can secure the line with more blocking. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and to me, this is all just good news for the Eagles offense, for Carson Wentz. I to me like talking about teams fixing themselves in the middle of the season the Eagles aren't just suddenly going to fix their run game right no. they like they they're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks you know Josh Adams leads the team in carries and yards last week with 9 and 61 not a big deal there but I think that just Golden Tate coming in signifies they're going to be a pass heavy team Carson Wentz they're going to put it all on his shoulders and they're all in and they're all which is the best man this is why the NFL right now is peaking in terms Mm -hmm. of interest because of the trades that are so exciting. And this goes back to March extends into the trade deadline. Now we're here with these teams, like the Rams make moves at the deadline. The Eagles make moves at the deadline. Like all these teams going all in. The Washington Redskins. (laughs) It's great for the sport. Yeah. yeah. It's great for the sport. Um, It's, it's a nice, that NFC East is, is answering everyone, but the, but the, uh, but the Giants, Giants they're, they're having sellers. a fire yeah, sale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, they're selling off their beasts that everyone else is buying them. In terms of Detroit, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. I like what this does for Kenny Galladay. I think that he is obviously the most ascending player of the two. Jones, even before last week, was seeing more red zone targets but having trouble converting on them, whether it's focus issues, timing with Matt Stafford. I think that Galladay can do a lot more than Marvin Jones can, so I'm not as worried about his, what, three-catch outing last week. Yeah, Galladay 
we had caught his lone target last week for 12 yards. Was it only one catch? Just Three the one, targets in one catch? One catch, yeah. 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 So pretty rough. But I agree with you. This is great news, obviously. just to, I mean, you're taking up out your leading receiver from the offense. So to me, it's like, that's great. You're going to get more. And I think it also speaks to the Lions wanting to be more of a run-focused team and take vertical shots down the field, not necessarily be you know, spread it with 11 personnel. You have this slot receiver taking up a bunch of short. This is what Matt Patricia wants the team to be, right? They showed that in the draft. They trade up for an offensive lineman. They trade up for a running back. Now you have these two outside vertical receivers in Galladay and Jones. I think it's great news for them. Awesome. Ty Montgomery fumbled (sighs) his way to Baltimore. Yeah, terrific. Way to go, Ty. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, though, because there, well, I think some of the stuff he said in the locker room probably... Help. This was this was a move. I mean, they traded him for a 2027th round pick, right? This was a move like, hey, if we weren't going to get that, we were definitely going to cut you. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though, and it, I think it says a lot about Ty Montgomery's value moving forward because the Packers traditionally are not a team that gives up on players. Look nope. at Mason Crosby, for example. I mean, a kicker. Super easy to get rid of that guy. Haven't. So I'm shocked, frankly, on Twitter that people are like, oh, Ty Montgomery, Baltimore, Okay. I mean, did you have Buck Allen on your roster? Then maybe that's not going to work out anymore. It shouldn't be working out. Yeah. It it doesn't make a big dent to me in Baltimore. Like, I I like Baltimore's offense this year. They're running at a fast pace. They have good receivers now. Flacco's coming off probably his worst game of the year in Carolina, but has had a reasonably good year for him. But I don't necessarily think like, oh, this is an interesting converted receiver running back guy. Let's throw him to the Baltimore Ravens and he'll, they'll make the most of his talents. Unless you know? you're thinking for the future and I feel like Montgomery's a better weapon for Lamar Jackson. Potentially, yeah. I, I don't think this makes a big deal for Alex Collins either, who no. I think is still established as the early down back. And Baltimore has faced a really tough run schedule in the first half of the year and that lightens up in the second half. I think Collins is still somebody that, you know, with the running back landscape being what it is, might be somebody that you can go out and try to buy. And that's when he turned on the Jets, if you will, last season down the stretch. Fitzpatrick, it's finally happened again. Name the (laughs) starter at Carolina in week nine. I mean, hello, Dirk Cotter. I feel like this. We all saw the same thing. Can you? Here's what I want to know. Forget what we think about Fitzpatrick because obviously he has this incredibly lit receiving core, so it's great. I want to know what conversations Todd Monken had with Dirk Cotter. Was he like, "Stop it, bro. (laughs) Let me run my. You about to get fired. Let me run my offense. I'm not doing it with crab legs. Give me the magic." (laughs) I think so. Like. This is a spread offense, very much like an air raid type of uh, system. You know, what do you, what do you mean? Why are you I mean, it's just fair? like it's like when people say RPO, air raid, like they're now just they're so yeah. in the zeitgeist. But it, yeah, right, right. But it is what it is. And Winston is built his excitement coming out of the year was based or coming out of the draft was based on the fact that he was like a very pro style quarterback. Mm-hmm. Take snaps from under center, run play action, throw vertical passes, whatever. I think Fitzpatrick just runs the system better, which. I mean, they've had more success. We know he's streaky. Like, I would say this is, we probably have not seen the end of Jameis Winston this year. Just in terms, like, if Fitzpatrick goes out and plays reasonably well all year, then I think we've seen the end of Jameis Winston. But it would be out of character for Ryan Fitzpatrick to go out and play well the rest of the year. I don't think they should have yanked him when they did. Um, I think you should, you know... I think our, Dirk Cotter wanted to yank him. Like yeah. you could tell oh, yeah, he was chomping sure, at sure. the bit to get this done with. Which so is he, crazy. Yeah. So it's hard to say it's a big upgrade for all of these Tampa Bay weapons, but 
Mike Evans definitely has had more success this year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Chris Godwin was getting more end zone targets with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guys I don't think it's necessarily great for, you know, the fringe guys like Humphreys, Brait, because Fitzpatrick is throwing it to the guys that make it work. Mm -hmm. Winston is a guy who spreads the ball out more, especially to his middle field weapons. I agree with you. I think that's great. And O.J. Howard, I think, is someone who will continue to ascend regardless. Cleveland had a coaching shakeup. Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. There was no disputing. You you can't get along. This is like the like when the mom is like You're both grounded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um they both are out. Greg Williams. We could do a, a whole podcast on this right here. So we'll Oh, that innovative mind. Coaching have you seen a- some of the quotes he's been dropping this week? No, but- I haven't. Does he <sighs> have any more lozenges coming his way? No, but he said basically that he has had jobs offered to like I think seven jobs offered to him like head coaching jobs not defensive coordinator jobs since he took the Browns job and some Mm. of them he said at least four of them were not even interviews just show up and you've got the job I mean he literally said that like what a way to rally your troops many of us human (laughs) beings just struggle every day with crippling self-doubt and second guess all of our decisions Greg Williams is like the best thing to ever hit the planet earth according to greg williams i i don't think we need to go deep on this because again we could do like what a nightmare situation for the browns i just want to say to anybody out there who is expecting a child if it is a boy make sure to add as many consonants (laughs) to the end of his first name as possible and for every consonant you add it is another boost in his confidence according to greg with 400 g's Anyway, yeah, Freddie Kitchens is the new OC. He's very different, though. Bruce Arians' disciple. Yeah, and I I would be in favor of that. This may be, I don't know how he and Williams are going to get along. But, you know, this week they're at Kansas City. That's a team that the defense has been getting better. They're starting to get better. Teams just naturally... Goad them, into into, goad, goad them into shootouts because right. Kansas City's offense is scoring more points than anybody else. So teams score a lot of points against them. But the defense, I agree with you, is getting better. I, I don't think it changes much for any players on the offense. No, if you're streaming a quarterback, guess what? You're putting Baker Mayfield on your list of potential streams. Antonio Callaway caught a ball, so that was great. The, is Higgins back? Yeah, he's, he was back at practice today. All right. So fingers crossed that might be an interesting watch. And yeah. as I've said week after week, you don't need to mess with Duke Johnson because his name is now Jarvis Landry. Yep. He's, it's been a problem <laughs> since Q Jackson has taken over. I feel like every year he had a quote or two about like, hey, we got to get Duke more touches. It's like, you're the head coach, man. Get him, get him more touches, get him more touches. If like to. <laughs> but uh, it hasn't happened yet. I don't know if this Kitchens fella will make it happen. No. I still think Chubb is. I mean, I've talked about my love for Chubb. So we don't need to get into that. But you know what we should do, Matt? I think I think everyone needs to load up the old essential oil diffuser. You know you have one. Put some of your favorite lavender blend in it. Grab a sheet mask. They're very affordable. You can get them at Target or CVS. And get ready to ohm because Harmon and I are about to share our favorite fantasy self-care tips. You know, in coffee talk, we should have added more espresso because at this point in the season, fatigue is setting in. Mm -hmm. Totally. And in fantasy, you need to combat the lethargy that sets in. So what are some ways that fantasy managers can do that in your estimation? Well, I would say, especially if you're, you know, a three-win team, a two-win team, a one-win team, you know, you're not trending the right direction. 
I think you just got to try to find ways to make it more fun for yourself, right? Yes. So that's that's the thing. Like to me, and I know you and I could probably sympathize on this, and maybe some of our listeners can. That you're in a lot of leagues, right? There are some that are taking more priority than others. I don't don't just quit, you know, but have fun trying to win week to week. Try to try to pick these different matchups that are exciting. That's that's the fun of playing daily fantasy too. To me, is that it opens up the whole field. You know, it makes analyzing the games more exciting. I think you just got to try to find ways to have fun with it and pick up players that you're interested in. Like yeah. out of last week, DJ Moore has been a player that you and I have talked about. Right? He's a 92 percentile spark athlete. That guy's exciting um. to watch. So pick him up because he's fun to watch. If you're going to spend all Sunday on your sofa, maybe an hour of it at the gym on the treadmill, but whatever. If you're going to spend all day good, Sunday. Good, good, good on you if you <laughs> manage to do that. Then go ahead and pick some guys off the waiver wire that you're interested in rooting for. Sure. And also know that because some people are in a lot of leagues, maybe they've stopped paying attention in the ones that aren't the highest priority, which could offer you an opportunity that you hadn't really real. I went. I've won two weeks in a row in a league that I thought I was out of, and now all of a sudden I'm back into it. And I'm going to guess it's because a couple of the middling teams were like, oh, forget this. I'll never get my way to the top, you know? Yeah. So one thing I thought, too, is I think people get – for the good teams, we talked a little bit about the teams that suck, right? And, like, how you can try to make fun of – make it fun for yourself. But the teams that are good and, like, trying to compete right now – one thing you can do is narrow your focus a little, especially if you're in a lot of leagues. Like, I think people get this idea, like, you're going to read a pickup, you you do a pickups video every week, right? Two. Yeah, and I I know that by the end of it, you're like, who the hell are some of these guys, right? Like, don't be that fidgety fantasy player, like, making a bunch of transactions on, on your roster, because quite frankly, like, at this point, you don't need a bunch of goofball depth players you you need to just narrow your focus to the players that are really good on the teams you like that are going to score a lot of points week in and week out. So if you're one of these contending teams, do two for one deals. Get one good player out of two, you know, mediocre guys. If you can, I never like to make those trades personally because. But... I was like, oh, you're giving this advice. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I don't. I don't like to. I'm not good at trades. So like, let me just be clear about that. The my worst thing as a fantasy player is trades. I don't like to make trades. I don't, uh, I'm not good at it. I like to dance with the ones that I brought to the party. Yeah. You know, right. That's just like, I'm in a league, right? Nobody cares about my fantasy team. I'm going to tell you anyways, I'm in one league right now. There's a guy who sends me, he's sending me like an offer every week. Is it Scott? No, it's not Scott. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's like, is, was this close? Was this close? I'm like, dude, I wasn't interested in Michael Crabtree last week. I'm still not interested in Michael Crabtree. <laughs> right. Uh, so like, yeah, it's, and I, I kind of just want to be like, yeah, I like my team, man. So, and that's the, that's the thing I'm trying to convey here is that focus on the team that you like. Don't get super fidgety. Like if you already like your team, but you're hearing everybody say like, go pick up Cortland Sutton right now, go pick up DJ Moore right now. Right. And you don't want to pick those players up. Don't feel like you have to. Yeah. Like, don't succumb to the noise. Yeah. We're as analysts. We're just making a bunch of noise here. Let's let's be honest, because we gotta make content. I mean, Jason, did you hear that? I didn't say it. <laughs> we gotta well, we gotta make content and we've gotta speak to the whole audience, not just the teams that are good and competing right. in the playoffs right now that have good rosters. So I think I had a point there somewhere. But yeah. Well, and I do think when you talk about narrowing your focus, if you do like your team, the only sort of pickups or the pickups that make the most sense, let me rephrase that, are ensuring the team yes. that you have 
constructed. So when you look at running back, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I really want to drive it home. If you have Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware is owned in just 5% of Yahoo leagues right now. Ezekiel Elliott, the the Cowboys stink, right? I'm not sure Ezekiel Elliott is going to play all the snaps to the end of the season because why would you want to let that guy get hurt, especially right after you fired your O-line coach and your O-line is a little bit banged up? Yeah, it's cuffing season. It is cuffing season. You know what I learned about cuffing season yeah, from Josh? You and me both. Josh Barnes, shout out. Josh Barnes of the uh, family huddled with Jer- Jared Quay and Calais Campbell. I'm going to be honest. Matt and I are both in relationships. We looked at Josh Barnes and we were like, what is, what cuffing, is cuffing season? season? And he said. Brett, Brett is shaking <laughs> Brett, his producer head. Producer Brett, who's in a long-term relationship. Also, you got you know, cuffed? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's been cuffed for a while. Yeah, right. But like. I'm, he's got I'm a dog gonna... cuffed. Oh, yeah. I've got a long sentence. Oh if we're man! Like putting it in, I don't have a mic, so. I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to. I yeah. I'm in. A, I am in a relationship. Yeah. So we know it. Yeah. But we're, Brett is in a relationship too. I mean, he's like they like have a dog together. That's like, oh no. Yeah. So he's in. He's he's in like a maximum security facility. I don't know. I, I think I'm in the most maximum. Security. <laughs> you're you're married, so you are definitely in the maximum security prison. She's like. Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You've got like your own cage. I'm in um, solitary a, confinement, <laughs> which is weird to say with a marriage. But yeah, you're 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 all the way locked up. I'm in a prison. I don't know that it's like a. I'm, that so <laughs> Can't awful. wait for your girlfriend to hear this. <laughs> Moving on. Anyways, yeah. So it's cuffing season. So so cuffing what, season means. Hold on, real quick, in case someone doesn't know, in case they're in solitary confinement like me, or just a country club level prison like you yeah i get cuffing season is oh my goodness from (laughs) halloween through valentine's day so gift giving slash cold weather season you get yourself a partner so that you have someone to cuddle with and not go to all these holiday parties alone with and then apparently you like uncuff in the springtime and have yourself some summer fun some Mm -hmm. summer loving there's a current ref and then it starts all over again once the leaves start to change so in fantasy terms (laughs) It's handcuffing season, which also sounds very weird now that we're saying it out loud and we're examining etymology of different things. Just keep it moving. So, yeah, you want to handcuff your guys. Yeah. So (laughs) what that means is, like you said, go to the waiver wire, grab Spencer Ware. And even if it's not your like, I don't think I have Kareem Hunt on any teams this year, but I should get somebody else's. Yeah. Get somebody else's handcuff. Uh, Don't do that in real life cuffing season. Like stay in your lane. Don't be picking up other people's (laughs) lovers. But what you can do is definitely go out and grab your Spencer Ware. Even if you have, you know, Zeke Elliott, make sure you grab somebody else. Rod Smith. Because that that maximizes your own upside. Because if you have Cream Hunt and then you get Spencer Ware and Cream Hunt gets hurt, then, well, great. You just put in a equal or likely lesser option of what you already had. But if you have somebody else's handcuffed, now you have two new things. Math. All the new things. Did that did that feel good? Do you feel like all self-cared? Oh yeah. I feel a lot better now. All right. And most of all, I think what we're all saying is this is supposed to be fun. So please continue having fun. Uh should we talk about some people that added us? That yes. welcomely added us? Don't add me, bro. What bench player are you starting because of the six teams on by? Jason Perot is in a two quarterback league. Signed Peterman on waivers to get through this week. Woof. So do I play Peterman and risk negative points versus the Bears or leave it open and take the goose egg? Well, (laughs) I don't know, man. 
That's a good question. If he hadn't put up so many ints, I'm assuming in this league you get negative points for uh, well, yeah, turnovers. Most, most leagues you're you're taking yeah. a negative. I think you play. I don't know. If, I don't know <laughs> if is, I, so I don't bad. know if I can. I don't know if I can actually bring myself to say play Nathan Peterman. By the way, since we've been sitting here recording on Thursday afternoon, it's been announced that Nick Mullins is going to start for the 49ers. Oh, CJ Beathard. Not yeah, feeling so good. He's not going to play. Who do you think scores more points in, in week nine? I got to change my roster. Nick Mullins or Nathan Peterman? I think Nick Mullins scores more points because he has a, um, I was going to say he has a running back who can catch, but so does Nathan Peterman. So answer to the question, <laughs> like, risk the zero. You would put, you'd just say no, just, nobody. Just, yeah, or no go pick up Nick Mullins. You're not going to hear this in time, but go, I would rather, wouldn't you rather play Nick Mullins ahead of Nathan Yeah, Nathan playing Peter? against Oakland for sure. Yeah. All right. Kevin Dr- Diver wants to say, actually, I'm keeping AJ Green in, in instead of Calvin Benjamin because. <laughs> just because, as good of a chance of a touchdown. Yes. I like that. That was funny. Megan Megatron Saxton says Traquan Smith or Anthony Miller, depending on how I freak out on the day. Mm. This is a good question. Where do you stand? Oh, we'll say, well, all right, you don't. Uh, well, Anthony Miller ha- will be playing at Orchard Park, I believe, right? And Traquan Smith. He's playing the Rams this week in the highest total games, the game of week nine, a 60 point over under. I like Traquan Smith. So I talked about Traquan Smith in the, in the reception perception FFL hit that I do every week last week. Uh, it did not go well, but you have to remember that the Saints threw less than 25 passes. They lost a possession to a pick six. Uh, They just didn't push the ball down the field very much because they didn't have to. I think you can go back to Traquan Smith in this game. They'll have to. They will have to because, again, if it's a 60-point over-under, somebody on the periphery beyond just Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Mark Ingram on the Saints side is going to have to be part of that scoring. And I believe that Traquan Smith will be a part of it. The Rams' secondary has... Not been great this year with Marcus Peters hurt, Aqib Tlaib out. I think Traquan Smith is he's a great like bounce back contrarian type play. You know, the all the data was there for him last week. He was second on the team in routes run, played 77% of the snaps. I think you can go back to him here. I also think people might be getting spooked because of the Dante Fowler trade. Sure. But it's going to take more than a minute to do that right yes Dante Fowler is going to get more sacks that is what's going to happen um the Rams added another dimension to their defense that I think will uh, that I think Wade Phillips could do something with but I don't think that that's going to happen immediately it's probably so come like playoff time yeah and Anthony Miller I will say he led my week eight deep sleepers piece and he did find the end zone but Al- Alan Robinson is healthier and healthier every week cool in so theory. I talked about how I made a mistake and you just come in and dunk on me with like well yeah but my rookie receiver scored a touchdown but I am also saying this week Trey Quans <laughs> you just you, the wrong week Matt you just hit the wrong week yeah, yeah this is the week the Buffalo Bills by the way interestingly much less forgiving at Orchard Park than on the road. They're good. They're a legit good defense. They're. Yeah. So I wouldn't mess with Anthony Miller this week. Instead, I would play Smith. Uh, Rory Turner is very bummed because he has to start Amari Cooper this week. Yeah, a lot of people actually in this at me segment jumped in with Amari Cooper questions, which is just ironic given where he's drafted. And then we're talking about him, you know, among Petermans and uh, Anthony Millers, etc. But my, I think the question here is, how do we feel about Amari Cooper in his first week? 
I the tweeted Dallas a Cowboys. toilet. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right then. I mean, this is a conversation that you and I have both had, and I think we've both had it on the air, although sometimes our time together, I can never remember if, if someone's recording us or not because we chat so much. We, yeah, this we're is general. Such pals. Yeah. But switching teams in the middle of a season, especially a team that has not much going on, is never a good move. Mm-hmm. So. I, I understand why the Dallas Cowboys made this desperation move, but from a fantasy perspective, I'm not expecting yeah, much this, to happen. This game, too, Monday Night Football, like, in terms of fantasy, it's not going to be great. Like, you're looking at two, three, and four teams. They're among the most boring offenses. They're top five in run play percentage, but bottom five in pace of play, both of these offenses are. This is going to be a slow Low-scoring game to me. I don't see this as one that you're desperate to get Amari Cooper out there. I will say, given the caveat it's that— It's the matchup is the— is Right. The, uh, Malcolm Butler is allowed a pass rating of 140.6. Yeah, and Adoree Jackson still is more of a—he's better, but he's, he's still best a corner, special teams— What are we saying there? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. So they're definitely—the the matchup is there. You're right. I mean, Tyrell Williams, you saw him get loose on this secondary for a big Michael play Crabtree, in London. Michael Crabtree, I think, finally scored in Malcolm Butler, Butler's coverage. Indeed, yeah. So Butler has been the— uh, the all forgiving one in terms of slump busting and everything like that. But I, I still, I would rather, I'm totally comfortable just waiting until I see it with Amari Cooper. Like if, if I bench him this week and he goes out and has a big game on Monday night, it's not going to feel great, but I'm, I'm comfortable that like, that's cool. Now I just know I can use him going forward, but I'm not going to throw him out there. I still think game. he would, even if he does something this week, isn't he still matchup dependent because he's so of very the matchup? Volatile. Yeah. yeah, and just himself, man. He's been the most like volatile receiver in the league the past two years. Well, another duo that's very volatile, obviously. Oh, yes. our own Brad Evans and Andy Barons. I mean, those two, the odd couple of fantasy, if you will. Oh, I and will. You will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to come to us with another edition of Rock'em Sock'em Ranks. They're talking about Philip Rivers, Alex Collins, and Geronimo Allison. Time again for another thrilling edition of Rock'em Suck'em Ranks, our week snapshot in which Andy Barons and I crawl on the ring, and it's basically Drago versus Rocky. Wait, who am I? Who am I? Uh, well, I'm not Rocky. I, I'm definitely <laughs> the hammer and sickle in this uh, equation. I'm Drago. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> yes, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> yeah, we, we both got the Russian accent down, so I think it's interchangeable who plays that role, except you're a little bit more fit than I am. So <laughs> you look better with your shirt off. Oh, I get confused for Drago all the time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's I mean, you're always mistaken for Dolph Lundgren everywhere you go. <laughs> all right. So let's get into these uh, these ranked disputes that we have. We've got a quarterback, a running back and a wide receiver, as always. Let's first start off in the Starbucks City with the Seattle Seahawks who are hosting the Los Angeles Chargers this week. And the disagreement here is about Philly Rivers. I am not a fan of the bolo tie this week at QB 17. You still have him ranked QB 10. So Barons, offer your stance on Rivers. First of all, the bolo tie is a timeless fashion accessory. It doesn't go in and out of style. It is just forever in style. I'll just point that out. I'd also like to point out that Philip Rivers is currently on pace for 4,600 passing yards and 39 touchdowns. Like, that's 
pretty good. I realize that it gets lost in the season that Mahomes is having, and we have Drew Brees setting all these career records, but Phillip Rivers right now is having an MVP caliber season. Um, the last time he failed to throw multiple touchdown passes, that'd be December 2017. Uh, multiple TD passes in every game so far this season. We've probably got a make good week coming up for Keenan Allen, who was pouting in their last game. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of nice things that we can say about Seattle's defense, and it's certainly been better than anticipated. One thing we do have to acknowledge, though, is that they have not exactly seen a murderer's row of quarterbacks, right? They've seen Keenum, Trubisky, Rosen, Carr. Uh, they have given up 300-yard performances to Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. I fully expect Phillip Rivers to get there this week. I can't see any justification for ranking him as low as QB 17, Brad Evans. I'm sorry to say. How dare you disparage the great Mitchell Trubisky on this program? <laughs> QB won the last four weeks. Yes, he's bad at throwing footballs, but uh. the numbers still matter. So uh, here's my stance. And again, you always make fair points. But uh, the reason I'm so bearish on Philly Rivers this week uh, is the matchup. Uh, you're on the road in a loud, raucous environment there at the the other link uh, up there in the great Northwest. And Seattle, as you mentioned, yeah, they haven't seen a murderer's row of quarterbacks. But they have allowed the four fewest fantasy points to seven pass yards per attempt, 235.7 yards per game, 1.4 touchdowns per game. You know, Rivers on the season is QB 16 in terms of fantasy points per game. I don't see him having a plus outcome this week, getting above where he's at in terms of average fantasy production. I think he's going to throw for multiple touchdowns, but what does that matter anymore? Right? <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you're throwing for like 300 yards and three TDs. I know. Uh, unless I it's mean, 350 you, and five, no one cares. I yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, I got him down for 246, two scores and one touchdown, and that's going to put him in the back end of, uh, you know, really I, actually in the middle portion of the QB class this week and more of a QB two than a QB one, unless you're insane like Barron's and I, and you play in 20 team leagues. <laughs> and I do have Phillip Rivers in that 20 teamer. So I'm, I'm hoping you're correct there. All right, let's go to the running back position. Talk about Alex Collins. Uh, he's been river dancing. Hasn't really uh, done a whole lot in terms of the yardage department. I'm at RB 30 this week. You have him ranked as a back end RB two in 12 team formats at RB 23. Difficult matchup, bet at home against those Pittsburgh Steelers. Explain yourself. Yeah, uh, well, this is a very touchdown-dependent player, right? He's got three touchdowns in his last three games, six TDs already on the season. He's finally coming off a relatively efficient game. Just went uh, 11 carries, 49 yards, a couple catches for 14. I see him as largely unaffected by the Ty Montgomery addition. That is a much bigger deal for Buck Allen, uh, who is simply not a good player uh, <laughs> anyway and shouldn't be splitting all these snaps with Collins. Uh, he's been playing roughly half the offensive snaps for this team, which isn't ideal. But again, that's why I have him as, as, a, as an RB2. He does have double-digit carries in six straight games. That means a lot to me. Pittsburgh's had a really good run defense. No question about that. There's a little bit of noise in those numbers because they, again, it's uh, the degree of difficulty schedule that they faced, right? It's Cleveland a couple times. It's Tampa Bay. Um, we have seen four 60 yard rushing performances against Pittsburgh. I think Collins makes it a fifth. And I think he also finds the end zone here. Yeah, and that's entirely correct, whether or not he finds the end zone, right? He is the definition of touchdown dependent, as you mentioned. I mean, he's seen 52.4% of the opportunity share a player uh, consistently under the 70 combined yard mark. Actually, he's done that in five consecutive games. Uh, so it's whether or not he trips and falls over the chalk. That's the justification here. I don't think he finds the end zone because the Steel Curtain, the nickname actually applies to Pittsburgh. Uh, they have a lot of the second fewest fantasy points of the 
running back position this season. Very few touchdowns on the ground. I think Collins gets you maybe 50 combined yards and no score. And honestly, I, I think I need to move him down now. Just kind of talking myself into it even further. I mean, he should be there in Derrick Henry territory, damn it. That's where he's at. <laughs> Can we just uh, stop ranking Henry entirely? I, I, so I, I, it's so difficult to rank him at a week-in, week-out basis. I hope Deion Lewis gets like 17, 18 touches this week in Dallas. I think he actually does. Uh, but that's another subject for another day. Let's go to wide receiver and talk about uh, the University of Illinois legend. That is Geronimo Allison. <laughs> I have him at wide receiver 31, so a starter at wide receiver 3 in 12-team leagues. Uh, you have him nowhere near that vicinity at wide receiver 50. Why are you so bearish on my boy Geronimo? Yeah, well, a better question is why are we talking about the Packers' number 5 receiving option? <laughs> um, he has been entirely leapfrogged by Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, who started last week, saw 31 snaps, out-targeted Allison 5-1, to one, plus he caught a 40-yard touchdown. MVS is simply bigger than Allison. He's faster. He's healthier than Allison. Uh, it is very difficult for me to view Geronimo as more than sort of a desperation wide receiver 4 slash wide receiver 5. I would rather have MVS starting for me. I'd probably rather have Randall Cobb starting for me. Exactly how many Packer receivers do you have ranked in the in the top 35 if you found room for Allison? Uh, I get Antonio Freeman in there. Uh, I've got <laughs> Sterling Sharp. Um, yeah, I've got uh, the Jordy version of Green Bay. They're all in there. James Jones. James sure. Jones. Yeah. I mean, with the hoodie. Look, I, I understand your your point of view here. Uh, it's justified. It, it's a complicated mess right now. The Green Bay wide receivers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, really spreading the love outside of Devontae Adams. But I think Geronimo Mousey still played on 63.3% of the snaps last week. That was a season low. His first game back from injury. Uh, I think he's a player that's going to see an uptick in snaps here. It's going to be 70, 75%. And a game with shootout appeal, the over-unders at 56.5 in this one against the New England Patriots. I think he gets back on track. He is averaging four catches. 60.6 yards per game has found the end zone twice and is number six in average target separation per route. So Geronimo, he's going to get fed this week. That's my gut feeling. That's why I got him at wide receiver 31. I could see him surpassing 70 yards, potentially find the end zone as well. And that'll get the job done in a 16 bye week. Oh, your huevos are showing. Uh, well, uh, or my raisinets. <laughs> which thankfully my children got none of trick or treating last night because those are oh disgusting. yeah that's a brutal candy that's an absolutely brutal candy. yeah that's that's definitely low should uh, not receive any votes same with dots sugar daddies anything that really sticks to your teeth and just wears away your enamel immediately where you have to have like an emergency uh, appointment oh, man. with your I gotta dentist. say like I actually do lose a filling about every other year on milk duds but I don't care I still eat them <laughs> I love them well you got you just gotta kind of suck the milk dud and and soften it up before I know that's what you always in. tell yourself but then you just can't you can't stop you have to go in and oh man I love them well, there you go. Uh, that is a wrap on this edition. We're going to leave you with that imagery. Uh, we start off with a Rocky reference, and we're going to end with Baron's uh, going um, you know, full Second hog wild dud, sure. on a milk dud. So, Liz, back to you. Hmm. What leftover Halloween candies do you most enjoy, Matt? <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't eat any candy for Halloween. Of course Halloween you didn't. Year. Can you but, just play along? Sorry. Hashtag fit life. Yeah, Come I'm on. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I will say I'm really only like a chocolate guy mm -hmm. yeah i'm not really into like fruit candies or like well, super sugary i know stuff. you don't have kids but let me tell you that they don't trick or treat with like cacao bars like that doesn't exist that? dark you told me you only like dark chocolate I no do, one's dropping like, that in plastic jackal it's like good for your brain and stuff right oh my god just what candy do you like i like chocolate candy so m&ms 
Okay, M&M's, fine. Uh, life hack, eat M&M's in popcorn. Peanut M&M's well, in popcorn. I mean, they get melty what, and amazing. Whatever, it, you know, floats your boat. But I like to go, I don't go to the movie theater often, but when I do, uh, it's like my safe space where I can like drink beer in the middle of the day and uh, eat popcorns and M&M's. But not peanut butter <laughs> beer. That's for another episode. I like fun size Snickers and Reese's peanut butter cups. Nice. Let's talk a little DFS, some bargains, because that Halloween candy is 50% off or more. It's not going to pay for after. itself. No. So I like Lamar Miller as a bargain at Denver this week. That's a great matchup for him. Over the last two weeks, he has done well because the Houston Texans are actually giving him the ball and encouraging him to do well. He's only $21 in our daily game. I think that's a pretty solid value, and I am expecting a decent ROI and a third consecutive week of production or effort. Yeah, no, I think that's a good call. I like this game to go over the projected total. Houston's offense is playing well. I'm not that big of a fan of Denver's defense. I think this game is more interesting for daily fantasy than people might think. Great. If we're going super bargainy, I like Hayden Hurst. Wow, that is super bargainy. Versus Pittsburgh, the rookie tight end. He did find the end zone last week. He was drafted early and Ozzy likes his tight ends, man. He's going to try to get him involved. It'd be great if the target share wasn't so divvied up, but yeah. Pittsburgh gives it away. He likes them so much that there's like four of them on the roster. I just think that Hearst is going to be the priority based on where he was drafted. And he's only $12. If you're throwing darts, it's a dart. that's yeah. not bad. You know who's a, a dart I like that's around the same price range? $11 still for Marquez Valdez Scantling. MVS. I think that's crazy. Like, yeah, who's doing who, who's doing the pricing around here? Actually, we know who's doing the pricing. <laughs> I'm going to go ping. I'm going to ping him after this and be like, it's time to boost up MVS. Uh, $11 still in a game. That, again, I like to be a shootout, 57.5 point over under. Um, he still was second on the team in playing time last week. He's still involved. He's Wasn't, still involved. He and Allison had the same snap share, I yep. believe, yep. right? But it was MVS who came down, of course, with the touchdown. He's good. He's good. I, I, I like that game just in general for fantasy. Any other bargains? I think Julian Edelman at $21 is a bargain. He's a... He's a not like a $11 type guy, but again, because I like this game, I like to stack this game in DFS. Mm -hmm. uh, and Edelman right now has really been the stable one of the passing game. You know, had his best game against the Bills last week, went over 100 yards. I like him to catch a bunch of passes here. And I like Josh Gordon in, the, in this game too. You know, I, I haven't really hyped Josh Gordon. I've, you know, been letting Brad take care <laughs> of the Josh Gordon hype this year, but. Now that people are kind of starting to come off of him a little bit after a 42-yard performance on Monday Night Football, I like Josh Gordon to bounce back against a team that, you know, Gordon is primarily the left wide receiver for the New England Patriots. The Packers have allowed a 103 passer rating on deep passes on the left side of the field. I think we could see Gordon get loose for a big play in this one. Not going to be disciplined, clearly. I yeah, right. That was great, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, fantasy Twitter in a total tizzy, tizzy over Josh Gordon. Discipline, 84% of the snaps. <laughs> Terrific. I have a strategy question for you. Okay. So Julian Edelman and James White doing a lot of the work underneath. Would you stack them both? James White, $26, Edelman, 21 Or would you prefer to diversify that? Liz, I did stack them both in our Yahoo Fantasy DFS lineup. So, yeah, I I like them both. Again, if this game is going to be high scoring and this Patriots offense right now, it's not involving, you know, a bunch of jokers like it usually is. And I, I mean, I, 
I put Gronk in this lineup too, and I didn't I didn't feel great about it because he really hasn't been himself this year. He's blocking a lot too. He's blocking a lot, and it just is clearly not explosive right now. Um, I heard Ross Tucker talk about this on the Fantasy Feast podcast this week that like he would advise Gronk to just retire if it really is the back that's bothering him because it's never going to. Well, be Ross said too on Twitter. I saw something that he said like, "Oh, as some guy, as a guy who's had back, back problems, yeah. that looks like a back problem." Exactly. But then he brings down a circus catch in the third quarter on the sideline, well, and he's, yeah. you know, and yeah. so you're like, "Well, who outbodies better than Gronk, other I, than maybe Travis Kelsey at this point?" Essentially, the answer is yes. I would definitely stack both of those guys because the target distribution between the two of them should be really strong let's talk fades for me i'm fading jordan howard not because i mean i know he's looked better and gotten more opportunities but he's 20 dollars. so if we're talking about matt's favorite subject math (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) tariq cohen is only 17 dollars and I feel much more confident about Cohen's involvement than Howard's. I've just crunched the numbers and I can confirm that 17 is less than 20. Yeah, so, three less. There we go. Uh, that's interesting because you'd think that this would be a game script that would set up well for Jordan Howard, even though they're on the road. They should control this game against the aforementioned Peter Man. And yeah, I, I would think that this is the time when you would want to use Jordan Howard. But I get it. I mean, he has like no floor. If for whatever reason this game gets away from the Bears, in the road. But if Lamar oh. Miller is $21 and Jordan Howard is $20 and Tariq Co- Cohen is $17. Chris Carson's there at $21. Isaiah Crowell. You feel yeah. more confident about Crowell than Howard? Why you got to put me on the Chris spot? Chris Thompson in Atlanta, if he plays, I mean, they give it up to pass catch and running backs like nobody Chris else. Chris Thompson, um, if he's not injured. Yeah, which, is, you know, he is. But The it, Jets, I think the Jets is interesting because I like the idea of Elijah McGuire, but that's... That's a whole nother Oprah. Um, David Moore is another guy that I want to fade, not because I don't like him. Brandon Marshall officially released because David Moore has been so good. He's only $13, and I think people are going to look at the stats and say, my goodness, he's scoring week after week. They're going to try to chase those touchdowns. That is fine. However, he has the Chargers this week. Casey Hayward is a bad man, and that's who he will likely see in coverage next week. Um, he will face, this is more, the Rams and then the Packers. Those mm. are two. So I want to roster him, but this week for DFS, no thank you. I like that call a lot. Uh, one player I think I'd fade at the running back position, just given price here, is Philip Lindsay. Uh, he's $28. Mm. I, I like, I love Philip Lindsay. He's been great this year. But Houston has the number one ranked run defense, according to Football Outsiders DVOA. He's sandwiched between James Conner and Christian McCaffrey, both two guys I like better than him this week. So if you're paying in that 30 to $27 range for running backs, I, I just like those two players, especially McCaffrey, who I put in my lineup this week as well. I like because, CMC this week. Lot, I mean, yeah. that game really should be a high scoring one. The Panthers offense is cooking right now. God bless you, Norv. Uh, and which I never thought I'd say in my life. Uh, <laughs> and Ryan Fitzpatrick is back. Yeah, obviously, I, I, I love CMC in this spot. Could you believe that he scored his first rushing touchdown against the Ravens? The fact that it was against the Ravens, yeah, that yeah. was shocking. But the fact that uh, he, he took this long to score a rushing touchdown is not surprising. Mm. Well, not surprisingly, I hope, maybe, I don't know. This is the end of the show. So I'm going to ask you all to follow us on Twitter if you like. You can submit your questions to at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm Liz Loza at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's Matt Harmon at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we'll be back with Scott Pianowski on Sunday night. 